This is HRT, a podcast featuring interviews with HR leaders, researchers, students, and influencers. HRT takes trending topics and research in human resources, steeps them for 30 minutes or less, and leaves you with fresh brewed ideas on how to drive high-performing, inclusive organizations and create meaningful work experiences. HRT is brought to you by Villanova HRD, the graduate programs in human resource development at Villanova University. Hello, everyone, and welcome to HRT. I'm your host, Bethany Adams. I love HRT, but truth be told, I am still a coffee drinker. All right, welcome back, everyone, to season two of HRT. I have to say that producing this podcast has been such a fun project. I love it when parts of my work become such a fun, creative outlet, and that is how I feel about this podcast. Being able to meet so many amazing HR leaders and researchers and hear about the work that they are doing that is having a positive impact on their organizations and their employees has been a joy. And I am so appreciative to these folks for taking the time to sit down with me, whether it's in a coffee shop or a semi-quiet corner of a conference hall, sometimes moving around multiple times in conference halls just so that we can find that quiet corner. Because that means that I am able to share their work with you, our listeners from our HR community. And I just want to throw a shout out to my team, um, the graduate assistants that help produce this podcast. They are amazing and they put in a lot of hard work doing the editing on the back end. So I am so appreciative of the work that they do. All right, so for our very first episode of season two, we had to go big. Today's episode features none other than Steve Brown, HR leader, influencer, and just honestly, genuinely the most authentic HR person that I have ever met in my life. So quick story about how I have come to know Steve. Steve is a, the VP of HR for La Rosa's Pizzeria. He's the author of a best-selling book called HR on Purpose, and he is a SHRM national board member. And Steve actually speaks regularly at the SHRM annual conference. I went to the SHRM annual conference a few years ago, and I was told by a friend, you cannot miss Steve Brown's session. You have to get there early. You cannot not go to this while you were at this conference. So, of course, I took their advice. I went. I thought I got there early, but not early enough, apparently. Steve's session is actually one of the mega sessions, which means it's like the biggest like sessions that happen other than the keynote presentations. And I got there early, but I still managed to have a seat in the overflow room, which is a section outside of the room where everyone else is. There's some seating set up, some people on the floor, there's a big TV, and we got to watch Steve on the TV. And I will tell you, being in that overflow room, I felt like I was right there, even though I was, it was literally like right outside the hallway. Steve even came out and introduced himself out in the hallway to those of us in the overflow room. He is just an amazing speaker. He genuinely, authentically loves our profession, and he genuinely cares about the employees that he supports. And you feel that from the moment that you get to hear him speak. So I will encourage every single one of 
of you, you're about to hear him in this podcast, but if you have the opportunity, please, please do not miss him speaking in person and do not miss the opportunity to connect with him. He is someone that you want to connect with on Twitter and LinkedIn and just get to know he is an amazing person and I am so glad that there are HR professionals like him in our profession. He gives us a good name. All right, so this episode was actually recorded a bit differently than some of our episodes in the past. You know, in those TV shows where they say, this episode was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Well, this episode was filmed in front of a live studio audience. No, for real. Steve was actually the keynote speaker at the Villanova HRD annual networking reception in 2019. And after his keynote presentation, I got up and moderated a live Q&A with Steve where the questions came directly from our audience. It was a really fun way to involve our HR community in this podcast and something that I hope we're able to do more of in the future. You can look out for HRT on the road coming to an HR event near you sometime in the future. But seriously, we we really loved this opportunity to bring Steve in, let him network with our community, and kind of bring that back out to you through this podcast. So without further ado, let's dive right into this live interview with Steve. Our very first question came from the audience. It was one that I think many HR professionals trying to be seen as more strategic in their organizations will appreciate. The question was, what are your suggestions for change behaviors for HR generalists who are stuck in an ops-only role, but who need to think more strategically for their organizations? It's hard to think strategically unless you allow people to be strategic. So planning the company picnic, awesome, not strategic. I would present people with a situation and say, give me four options to, to address this and have them think and come back with options that are broad-based. When we tend to give people solutions, we're giving very tight yes, no, black, white, boom, boom. And operations people are very linear. I love that about them. So you just have to say, uh, you do this, but what's the people factor behind this? That's what I usually say to my ops people. What's the people factor? Who does this affect? How does it affect them? And is it short-term or long-term? Give them the parameters and, and kind of stack the deck so they can be strategic and you'll see incredible responses. Awesome. I love this next question. You're going to love this next question. What has been the weirdest people situation in your career to date? I worked for a place, manufacturing place, the first place I worked after Procter & Gamble. It was an entrepreneurial startup. I was there about a month, and I didn't know anybody. I hadn't been out to the plants yet because I had to spend the first month in the office learning names, and that's in the book, but I won't tell you about that. But I went out there and I got a phone call from the plant and they said, hey, we have a, pe a people situation, you need to come out. Okay. So I come out to the plant. I had been there once. So here's all of the managers sitting around the table, just hemming and hawing and laughing. They go, what's going on? They go, well, you need to talk to Tom. I go, who's Tom? They go, Tom's upstairs. They go, we don't have an upstairs. He goes, oh yeah, we do. <laughs> Upstairs was a catwalk, catwalk where the men's room was. I was 22 years old, 24 years old. They go, you need to go see Tom. And I went, oh, this is awful. And they're just howling. I walk into the bathroom, and here's a grown man 
carpentry guy, completely naked. And I'm like, well, hi. My name's Tom. Or my name's Steve, sorry. <laughs> Oops. My name's Steve. I understand you're Tom. And uh, I said, so uh, what do we got going on here? He goes, I hate these clothes. I'm like, OK. Again, 24, grown man, naked. Ah, they don't have this in the book. You know, they don't say, when you come across a man who's naked, do the following five things. <laughs> so I said, Tom, um, I'm sorry you don't like your clothes, but tell me what you do here. He says, I'm a carpenter. I said, oh, OK. Well, you know what we have here is a safety violation. Because you need to wear clothes in order to do your job. He goes, that makes sense. I said, so now this was the day before employee assistance programs or talking about mental illness in the workplace and all the cool things that are happening now. This is 30 years ago. So I said, Tom, this is what we're going to do. I don't want you to be embarrassed. And I'm sorry you don't like your clothes, but I can't let you walk to your car naked. So let me help. Let's put your clothes back on, and then I'll take you out to the car. And you know what? I'm going to let you work somewhere else. And he goes, all right, thankfully. And he put his clothes on, and we walked downstairs, and I walked him out to his car, and he left. Not the best way to handle it, I understand. But like I said, we didn't have other resources. We didn't know what other resources. I knew this guy could never come back to work, ever. Because the men who should be caring for him were making fun of him. He laughed. They laughed more and more. And then I came back in, and we talked like manufacturing people talk. And there weren't a lot of non-cuss words used. And I unloaded on these guys. Because here's what's different about me as an HR person. I'm going to meet you where you are. And if you're going to be a jerk, it's coming. If you're going to be fantastic, I will be fantastic with you. I laid them out. And I said, you will never do this again to another person. I don't know what happened to Tom. I'm very disappointed in that now that I'm, I just wanted to get out of the situation. But that was my worst one. I love, though, that there's so much compassion in how you handled it, too. That's how you treat people good, right? Mm -hmm. OK, so how do you get HR leadership to shift from rule enforcer, and this is actually something that I saw over and over again in your book. You talked about um, that if you are in for policy making and procedure making, get out of HR. We should be in it for people. Mm -hmm. And so this question is, how do you get HR leadership to shift from rule enforcer to talent builder, to culture creators, to joy builders in the organization, and away from the policies? Two things. One, you have to see people as talent first. Talent is not a term like, we're in talent acquisition. Da, 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 da. If you don't see someone who's talented, and I mean everybody, so the receptionist, talented. The foreman, talented. The executive, talented. You have to view people as talented and treat them that way, because they haven't been. By anybody in the organization, they've been taught to show up, shut up, do work. We think we're so progressive now. We are so industrial revolution still, it's crazy to me. So my thing is, I'll give you a quick example. Um, my GMs are the best people in the world. Just love them, just love them. And I gave them this really hard example to do. I told them they had to say hi 
to every team member every day for 30 days and thank you for coming to work every day, 30 days. I have 13 GMs in our company stores. How many people did it? 13. Six. The other ones were like, dork. I'm like, okay. So when we came to our next meeting, I said, so for the six that did it, what happened? They go, man, I have great people. I really do. I didn't see it before. I really appreciate that they came in every day. And you know what? When I said hi and thank you, they said hi and thank you back. And I go, shut up. <laughs> so I said, next 30 days, hi, thank you. The second month, how many people did it? Nine. So I have four that won't do it. The challenge with this is this. We try to change everybody instead of taking what we can and building on that. I would rather take what I can and build on that. And after a while, the ones that don't do it will wonder why everything's changing around them. So show good behavior to get good behavior. For those people that are rule people, here's the thing. Rules are parameters that allow people to perform. If you have that, then it works. If you don't, you're just trying to enforce something and you're spending your entire job chasing problems, being negative, even though you're the most positive person in the world. And it's a soul-sucking way to do HR. I'm sorry. At La Rosa's, we have no attendance policy, no dress code policy, no performance reviews. And my tenure, my uh, turnover in the office is 1%. Our turnover in the, in the pizzerias is 80%, which is good. In restaurants, if you hit the 80s, man, you're killing it. It's usually in the hundreds, 120s, and I'm not kidding. We're in the 80s, and we're crushing it. Fewer rules, expect people to show up, say thank you, expect them to perform. It works. Love it. So for someone just starting a career, how do you recommend balancing stability while still exploring new possibilities? I talk about this all the time. I, the reason we go to work is culture. We, like, we see ourselves fit there or we see ourselves don't fit there. Some people don't fit there and they still stay there. I know that. But people will stay at places you'd never work. I, I love the guys at my oil change place. Love them. Because they know what they're doing and I'm a moron. But when I walk in, they read the computer and go, hi, Mr. Brown. And I'm like, they know me because I'm an idiot. They read my name. Hi, are you here for an oil change? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's fantastic. That's what we do. And they're covered in grease from their hands to their elbows. And they don't get paid a lot. And every one of them smokes around oil, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> is it flammable? Let's find out. <laughs> I would never be a person who changes oil, but I value what they do. So when it comes to your career, it's not a matter of what role you have or what position you have or what company you work for. If you fit that culture and it fits you, that's where you need to grow. In order to have stability, if you don't have that, it's time to find the culture where you do. And keep trying until you find the culture that you do. And you're going to work someplace that no one ever thought of, and you'll do great, and you'll thrive, and you'll make more money than you ever hoped to make for. All these things, but we tend to go role, title, comp, instead of culture, culture, culture.
So I think this kind of fits along that same line, but this question, we've been struggling with engagement and the engagement question for a very long time. What do you see as the biggest obstacle and the best solution to engagement? I think the biggest problem for engagement is HR people because we're not engaged. We're not. And I don't mean that like throwing stones. You've been taught that you're supposed to be the compliance people, the rule people, the no people, and companies expect that from you. When you talk to senior management, they'll tell you they want to have a people person, sorta. <laughs> right? So what I think we need to do is, I believe in modeling the behavior you expect in others. Monday's my best day. I come in, I'm like, it's Monday. They're like, oh no. Because everybody else is like, Monday, can't wait till Friday. It's funny, we don't have a, we have a flex policy at, uh, or a flex schedule at La Rosa's. You can work at whatever hours you want, you really can. So no one comes in on Friday. No one. I come in on Friday because I like Fridays. Our busiest days in the pizzeria business are Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And all the office people go home. Because we can. So what I've decided to do on Fridays is I go to the pizzerias. Because they're doing the work. And it's their busy day. I'm like, we're going to kill it today, aren't we? It's going to be great. They're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, we are. Walked into a place, get this. Walked into a place and said, I, I saw the tickets just printing. I go, what is going on here? They go, yeah, we're making 250 pizzas for a school. I'm like, that's awesome. How in the world are you going to do that? You only have three people. He goes, yeah, that's one too many. We're going to kill it. I'm like, oh, let's go. I think the way to engage people is value the work they do. I compliment the receptionist for answering the phone and greeting the people every day. I compliment the host for greeting people and asking how many people are in, the in, the, in their party every day. I think it's that simple. My boss said this, the best form of recognition is acknowledgement. We choose not to acknowledge. We want people to go to work instead of saying, thanks for doing this. When we were kids, remember that when you were kids? You're like, you went to the potty, you went to the potty, you went to the potty, way to go. I'm so glad you went to the potty. When we were adults, we're like, get to work. Now, please don't do that. Like, thanks for going to the potty. That's weird. Don't do that. <laughs> You're going to go to court. Don't do that. But that praise, which was simple for our children, we've forgotten with our employees. When children are older, they become our employees. So praise them. All right, so we are going to close out with this one. And I think you're probably the perfect person to answer this question. So you talk a lot about valuing everyone in the organization, no matter who they are, how different they are. So how do you help people to change their attitudes about the people that are different in the organization so that they can truly appreciate each other and not just put on a good face and put up with one another? I don't like everybody. But I'm honest about it. And when people say, I'm a people person, I'm like, cool. How about Ralph? Well, not Ralph. <laughs> I'm cool with everybody, not Ralph. And so we go through this, this big uh, game of, you know, let's put on a nice face and complain about them in the hall. So here's my rule of thumb to get away from it. If I'm talking about Connor every day, something's wrong with Connor. I, and I, we need to do more talking to him instead of about him. 
Connor may not be a problem, but he's going through something that we need to help him with or address. And then once you do that, you can do all kinds of things. Hey, Connor, here's what's going on. We need to work on this. This is yes, this is no, this is maybe. And one of the maybes may be leaving the organization. But we don't. So we go through plans of progressive discipline and pips and blah, blah, blah. Last story, terrible story. Had a benefits manager that I hired. By far the most accomplished, brilliant benefits person I've ever met could walk circles around people. Not a good people person. But I wanted her to stay. Great mom, three kids, husband worked, we're people, we're a family company. She had all the attributes, but she was not nice with people. So everybody, I am not kidding, everybody in the office would come to me with the benefits question and she sat across from me. And I go, well, why don't you go talk to her? They're like, no. <laughs> and I went, oh. So my boss came to me in my meeting and says, how's this going with her? And I said, it's tough. What are you doing about it? I said, well, I'm trying this and trying this and trying this and being the HR guy. And, and I goes, yeah, it's not working. OK. He goes, you need to have that tough conversation. It only took me nine years to do it. Just being honest. Because I'm so hesitant to have that rough conversation with the person who's difficult and she's talented. So we had this conversation. I said, hey, I think you're miserable. That's how I started the conversation. She goes, no, I'm not. I go, yes, you are. I said, and if you want me to prove it, I'm going to go down the hall and I'm going to bring all the people down here who tell me that every day about you. Aren't you tired of being miserable? This is awful. I don't want you to be miserable. So we're going to have this conversation, and I'm going to work on everything you want. I will do anything you want to get you out of this. I said, but here's the other thing you need to come to terms with. I don't think you like working for me. And she says, that's not true. I go, it is true. I said, because you're a detailed person, and you cross the T's and dot the I's, and I love you for that. And I'm the goofball that gets in a car and drives to Dayton because I want to. Or I'm at Villanova speaking to kids because that has value to me. And you're like, I'm really working, and you're just goofing off. I know how you feel about me. I said, he goes, no, you don't. I go, yeah, because other people tell me. So you need to decide. A month later, we had the same conversation. And I said, OK, on Monday, you need to decide. Either you're going to change or you're going to leave. 1% turnover in our company. I am the only person, other than the finance person, because we had somebody who was just a nut job, <laughs> that has fired somebody in 13 years, 13 years that I've been there. It kills me to this day that she lost her job. I should have done it five years ago. I think you need to be willing to have the tough conversations, because when you don't, you're just dragging along problems in your entire company and culture and systems Go to that exception of that really difficult person instead of having that conversation. You may be able to change them and save them and bring them along, but talking about them doesn't help. Talking to them does. Long story, that's how I would do it. Thank you so much, Steve. 
Okay, so I hope that you enjoyed our very first episode back for season two. Thank you so much to Steve for taking the time to connect with our HR community and agreeing to be a part of this podcast. Again, I said this at the beginning, but I would strongly encourage all of our listeners to go and connect with Steve on Twitter. He is so connected and he is an amazing connector. And so I know that he will help you get to know others and other amazing, great HR professionals. And as a surprise, we are actually going to give away five copies of Steve's book, HR on Purpose, to our first five listeners. So if you are one of our first five listeners, go check out the Villanova HRD blog. It's just VillanovaHRD.com for the links and notes from today's episodes and be one of the first five people to comment on this episode's post and we will send you a copy of Steve's book for free. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for more great episodes coming at you every two weeks this spring. Remember, whatever you are drinking, whether it's coffee, tea, or something a little bit stronger, I hope it leads you to fresh brewed ideas that will help make work better for everyone. Cheers. Thank you for listening to this episode of HRT. As your thoughts from today's episode, Steve, share with us what you are brewing using the hashtag HRT. That's hashtag H-R-T-E-A. HRT is brought to you by Villanova HRD. To learn more about Villanova University's graduate programs in human resource development and for all the links and notes from today's episode, visit the Villanova HRD blog at villanovahrd.com.